Hi, and welcome to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am your host, Arye Lightstone. You can listen to us on jmintheam.org or on nachumsiegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera. More than just a camera store, please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. I'd like to welcome everybody back after a brief summer hiatus. Um, and frankly, uh, on this show on Tech Talk, uh, those of you who have listened to us in the past uh, know that we try to marry uh, the concept of technology, entrepreneurship. We try to have a connection uh, both to cutting edge and current events as well as, where possible, connectivity to Israel uh, and, I'd say, ongoing world events. Uh, it goes without saying that this past summer – has been incredibly both challenging and gripping in terms of our connectivity to the world media, social and formal media, and uh, seeing what's going on in the Middle East, Israel specifically, but the general Middle East area uh, has been certainly a you know part of each and every one of our lives, probably uh, more in depth than, than it's ever really been in the past. And uh, I wanted to take a little bit of time on this first show, uh, both to introduce why I'm passionate about this show, uh, a little bit more about who I am and uh, and why I'm excited to share an hour with you every week talking tech here on the Nachum Siegel Network, why I'm proud of the network, why I'm proud of the show, uh, and how we'd like to see the show evolve here in the second season of the show and really the third season of this new evolution of the Nachum Siegel Network and some of the other phenomenal programming that you can access uh, throughout your day, through the course of your week here on this network. Uh, if you haven't don't downloaded our app yet, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Please go uh, to the App Store or the Google Play Store uh, and download the Nachum Siegel Network app. So I was debating which way to start, really to start focusing in terms of the summer, to focus in terms of, you know, really what, what gripped me to say I wanted to come back for a second season here uh, on Tech Talk. And, and I think I'm going to start with that. And I really want to start with uh, some appreciation uh, to, to Miriam, um, to Nachum, and of course to ZK, who helps get me through each and every show, uh, really for showing faith both in the concept uh, of continuing Tech Talk and myself to be able to continue to host it, and certainly to our sponsor, Adorama Camera, who came back again uh, this year believing in that which we do and hopefully how we present uh, our topic that we have uh, each and every week for the hour that we get to spend together. So really I wanted to offer that token of appreciation or sincere appreciation, but also to walk through with you, the audience, uh, I, I consider you my friends at least for this hour, uh, to be able to talk about uh, why I'm here and why I think that this is particularly gripping uh, to me in particular. So a little bit of background, I had the privilege of growing up in Denver, Colorado, and uh, was was intimately involved in so many of the things that occurred in the micro-Jewish community, but the macro-community as well in Denver, uh, and sort of in that way, seeing my parents, seeing their friends uh, get involved with everything taught me at an early age uh, both to get involved, but also that if you want things to happen, you sort of have to try to make things happen yourself, and I think that was something that was uh, inextricably linked uh, in terms of most of the things that I do today or have done throughout my professional career, I can really trace them back to 
you know, how I was brought up, when I was brought up in the location uh, that I was brought up. And, and I think that becomes relevant because of uh, this affinity that I've had to entrepreneurialism, uh, technology in Israel uh, as well. And I think that that's come through in a fairly meaningful way and obviously comes through uh, directly uh, manifested here into this show that we have together. So following growing up in Denver, uh, I got involved a little bit in, in you know, the classic lemonade stand entrepreneurialism, uh, car wash. I changed the color of my step-grandfather's car. He didn't yell at me. That worked out better than anticipated. Um, and uh, various different projects like that. I remember, and, and I, I, uh, I, I don't know if I joke, uh, but I remember very distinctly my grandmother taking us, my bubby, um, taking us shopping for Hanukkah. And I had three first cousins and my sister, all female, uh, all a little bit older than me. And I sort of got dragged along with them on our annual Hanukkah uh, shopping spree. And I remember that, uh, you know, they were getting, I think, leather jackets or dresses or what. And I'm wondering what the heck I'm doing there. And uh, I wind up at the at the end of the day, I, I obviously didn't look quite as in, ecstatic and enthusiastic as the ladies that were on the shopping spree with uh, with my grandmother. And my grandmother turns to me and says, "We're going to do something different for you. Obviously, nothing here uh, really spoke to you specifically." So uh, uh, she made an appointment, and we went myself and her to go visit with her stockbroker. And I remember, at the age of nine. Uh, we went to go pick out our three stocks that uh, that she purchased for me for Hanukkah. And uh, I remember learning all about the market and, and what companies we wanted to get. And obviously, as a nine-year-old, I was very interested in owning Disney. I didn't understand that I didn't personally own all of Disney. I just owned a very, very, very small, very, very, very small share. Uh, but uh, but Disney was one of the stocks. AT&T uh, was one of the stocks. And Coca-Cola was one of the stocks. They were all things that spoke to... Uh, me personally at that point in time, I was able to understand what those companies were. And, uh, you know, literally every morning uh, I would go and I would get the paper. And after checking the sports section, because that was still more important, I went immediately to see the ticker symbols in the back of the paper. I don't even think papers have ticker symbols anymore. Uh, it's become pretty moot uh, with the advent of technology. But I, I was able to see this general market concept. And, and from the age of 9 to 15, when I sold my shares in those three companies, uh, I, I watched literally daily um, how the market would react, and we bought a couple more things, and we sold a couple more things, and it was really uh, exciting. It also gave myself and, and my grandmother something else to, to talk about, uh, to sort of see how our picks were doing vis-a-vis uh, -vis or in comparison to the rest of the market, and, and we thought that was fun. I thought that was that was quite cute to, to participate, and I think it was a valuable economics lesson. Uh, now, I know this isn't an interview with me, uh, so <laughs> I don't need to go too much more into depth into that, but I, I had the bug, uh, not only in terms of, of trying to figure out how to make money, but to try to figure out uh, creative and different ways uh, to invest money as well. And then I got involved uh, working in, in as a broker with a, a Denver real estate company and had a chance to be mentored by uh, by just outstanding, outstanding individuals and spent time uh, brokering uh, some deals and, and learning about the brokerage business uh, and really at that point in time learned uh, the value of honesty and integrity uh, in the world of business. Um, I remember distinctly uh, when I went to go uh, serve as a broker for one specific deal where the, the company that we were representing on the buying side uh, – desperately wanted the property that we were out to buy 
and I shook hands on a deal with the property that we were going to buy, and it wasn't a large amount, and, and the company that wanted to buy it was willing to pay significantly more than that. We shook hands on the deal, and and when we sent the contract, the guy resent the contract back to us, scratched out the number that we had shaken hands on, and uh, put in a different number. And for me, yeah, okay, plus or minus five thousand dollars wasn't going to affect uh, what the company that we were representing was ultimately going to do, and they were still going to be pleased with the uh, net net of the deal. And and I learned at that point in time from my boss and my mentor that no, your word is your word, honesty is honesty, and integrity is integrity. And called back and said, if you don't go back to the original number, there's not a deal uh, to be had over here. And uh, called back and they thought we were bluffing. And indeed, we did not do a deal with them. And it turns out two, three weeks later, uh, we did a deal at less than the original price that we shook hands on uh, after having given them the chance to come back time and time again to the original price that, that was shaken on. And, and there you learn that your reputation is really all that you have uh, in the world of business. And I had the chance to take that with me. Uh, throughout numerous different things uh, that I had the opportunity to do. Then I left Denver, went to Yeshiva University, uh, spent two years then in Israel after my first year at Yeshiva University, returned back uh, to graduate from Saisam School of Business and to begin the smicha, the rabbinic ordination program at, uh, at YU at Yeshiva University. Uh, and really I was doing that sort of as a side hobby, always intending to go back to Denver uh, and to work in real estate. I was blessed to uh, to get a, a pretty cool pulpit opportunity in, in a glorious city of West Orange, New Jersey, at one of the large synagogues over there as the rabbinic intern and then later the assistant rabbi. I had a chance to meet my wife, who was running some of the youth programming there. And, uh, and instead of moving back to Denver at the time, as we had discussed, uh, she and I both decided we would do uh, spend a year or two working in the world of not-for-profit together. It would be an opportunity to work on our marriage, to work on our family, uh, and also to give back uh, uh, in general to the world. And uh, we wound up running an organization in Long Island and then later on Greater New York called NCSY, which is a Jewish outreach organization, and spent seven years doing that. And at that point in time, you would think that's where uh, I would lose all of my connectivity uh, towards entrepreneurship, towards business, and and what have you. Uh, and ironically enough, that's exactly not what happened. I, I jumped in, uh, I would say, not only headfirst, but, but fully and totally into the world of Israel, into the world of technology, into the world of entrepreneurship as part of what we were doing in Jewish outreach. And the reason for that is rather simple. And I think for many of our listeners out there, this message will resonate with you as it resonated with me. Um we were trying to work on how to engage, how to interact with, uh, with high school students, uh, age, we'll say, 14 to 19 uh, in the New York area. And anybody familiar with teens in the New York area, you'll understand that there is such a broad expanse of skills, socioeconomic, motivation. The whole runs literally the entire gamut of everybody you can imagine. And, and our goal was at the same time, how do you engage first-generation uh, people just beginning to recognize and realize Jewish identity and how that might play a part, uh, whether they come from the former Soviet Union or perhaps even from Israel, believe it or not, um, or, uh, or more particularly, uh, you know, fourth, fifth-generation Americans who are hanging on uh, by a thread, if you will, to, to any connectivity to, to Judaism but are excelling in 
if you will, all the rest of the components of American life? And, and what is it that could unite students from such a wide gamut uh, around a common idea? And at that point in time, uh, I happened to have been reading Startup Nation and said, this is the calling card. This is the, this is it. This is what I think provides universal pride in my generation, where I know the Six-Day War uh, provided a different level of pride for, for Jews in America, Jews across the world, with the, the pride that was provided by the Israeli army at that point in time. We know that more or less since then, uh, we've been, that was our high in terms of international pride, sophistication, um, world sympathy. We know that it's obviously moved the opposite direction, unfortunately, and that's what we're going to speak about a little bit uh, later on in the show. But but our moment, our six-day war moment for our generation, for this decade, for these students growing up today in America and North America, it's Startup Nation. That's what you're pointing to to Israel. That's what you're saying. That's where the pride comes from. That's where the dignity comes from. That's where the ability to hold our head high wherever we walk in whatever halls. It's it's the the enthusiasm for that which what Israel has provided, not just for Israel but for the world, uh, is just incredible, absolutely incredible. And that that's our moment. So I wanted to take that and to develop that not only as an idea but as an ideal uh, and something that we can link to teens, uh, not only in New York but across the country. And we succeeded uh, in doing so, in connecting CEOs and salespeople when they came from Israel here, not only to go pitch in the large investment banks and the VC firms, but to come to the public schools and to the day schools, both in the New York area and across the country, and to explain who they are and what they were doing. Um, and sort of in that way, it provided that sense of immense pride um, and uh, that aha moment uh, for teens, no matter how affiliated or no matter how under-affiliated, they had that opportunity to have that connectivity to that thing that was larger than them. Again, I think that the comparison to that six-day war moment, I think, is uh, is valuable and quite apropos. I want to take just a moment and remind our audience that you're listening to Tech Talk here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Arie Lightstone. You can listen to us on jmintheam.org or nachumsiegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera, more than just a camera store. Special thank you to them for coming back for year two of their sponsorship. Please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. I know many of you out there are listening, are starting school, have your kids starting school, your neighbors starting school, maybe you're going back to school for a graduate degree or what have you. You need technology for school today. I encourage you for your laptop, for your tablet, for your recording device that you're going to be recording for your classes, go to Adorama.com, order it online, have it sent to your house, have it sent to your dorm room, and be prepared to excel in school for this upcoming academic year. If you're going to yeshiva or seminary, you don't want to miss a lecture, you don't want to miss a shear, make sure that you have the right recording device. You can find it at Adorama.com. Go there buy from them and help support what they're doing. In turn, it'll help support the show here. Um, So you can visit them online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. So I was mentioning before the connectivity to Startup Nation 
and the value and the pride that it gives students, again, the fifth generation Americans, the first generation Americans, uh, completely and totally affiliated and passionate about everything that it is that we do and completely and totally disconnected and dispassionate about everything that we do. The startup nation of Israel uh, was that, that central idea that people can rally around. And we created numerous, numerous events, both bringing uh, leaders and, and, and um, sophisticated businessmen and women from the field there here to lecture. But we also sent elite students from here to Israel for four, five, six weeks in order to have an opportunity to see Startup Nation up close. And a component of that certainly was that which we all saw this summer. Um, bittersweet is the only word I have to say for it. As, as you watch the Iron Dome uh, fire time and time and time again, and you saw the the technology, I'll call it miraculous technology at play, um, and the beauty of that technology at play, it really is. It's awesome, but it's also bitter. It's 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 just bitter. It's it's uh, to see that, that that we live in a in a situation where the the greatest innovation comes because you have enemies that that would that are breathing down uh, our necks at each and every moment. That it's at the end of the day, it's just bitter. But the sweet part is 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 the ingenuity and the innovativeness. Um, of Israeli society to be able to go ahead and to continue to succeed in, uh, in thwarting uh, these evil plans uh, wherever they create by some of the inventions, such as the Iron Dome, which is, again, awesome, incredible, and impressive. And anybody who hasn't seen it up close, if you haven't seen it in person, uh, I would strongly encourage you to be able to have a, uh, have a chance to, uh, to see what that, uh, what that looks like in the, in the, the the power, the awesomeness uh, of that. Okay, so that's what we did in terms of uh, in terms of our involvement uh, while I was running NCSY, um, Startup Nation. Uh, we even ran a program uh, that encouraged students to be able to be innovative and creative on their own to come up with new uh, technologies and new businesses and new philanthropies because we believe that that's an essential and important thing uh, to try to encourage our, our students to, to get involved with. So that we, lo- we learned a lot at that point in time. Following that, I was involved with the creation of two different startup technology uh, companies and or organizations, had one successful exit from one of them and one less than successful exit from the other. Uh, and they both had a chance to move on, both in their own way, have, uh, have uh, grown, have improved, have been able to... Uh, participate in uh, the Jewish day school system in a meaningful way. And I find that very uh, exciting and, and nice to see that you were able to create something from scratch and to see students uh, using and learning from it. And that sort of circles back to one of the reasons why I wanted to get back on the radio again this year was uh, I had a, a great chance. I was speaking just with a student uh, uh, just this past weekend uh, who had been taking one of the courses that we had created vis-a-vis one of our online companies, and she was raving about the caliber of the education, the specific technological tools that it enabled it to use, and she was pretty excited about that. And her father said, oh, I listened to you on Tech Talk on Nahum Siegel. I didn't know that you were involved with that as well. So I thought at that point in time maybe it was worthwhile to actually uh, perhaps better introduce myself to the audience in terms of uh, both part of my skill set and history uh, as well as part of my inclination and interest uh, in the connection in between Israel technology entre- entrepreneurship uh, and especially our teens and collegiates today. 
I've served also as a, as a mentor uh, in some of the different incubators that exist in the city, mostly focused on education technology. Uh, recently, uh, because of the situation in Israel, I've taken a leave of absence from most of that uh, to get very involved politically. Uh, in between now and the September elections, uh, almost all on Israel-related issues. And I've had the, the pleasure of seeing my eyes opened uh, to that entire new field, which is a, which is a new field, a very, very new field for me and, and interesting and, and intriguing. And I think that sort of comes full circle to how I wanted to begin the show with, uh, with what was going on in Israel today, what, what occurred over the course of the summer with the, the tragedy of these three young men uh, brutally kidnapped and murdered, and uh, the response uh, in Israel, the response around the world, and then ultimately what's happened now with Hamas and in Gaza, and it just, you can't help but sit there and and wonder how that which is up is perceived as down, and that which is right is perceived as wrong, and and how we can wrap our minds around that, that's, that's very complicated and challenging. And that's really what I wanted to, to, to speak about. I think that, that we as an organization, as an organization, we as a, we, we as people who I think have the ability to discern that which is right from wrong, aren't using all of the tools that we need to be using in order to get our message out. I remember once upon a time, um, letters to the editor were very effective. They're still effective, but I don't know if they're very effective. Uh, the power of Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and, and 55 other versions of social media uh, need to be things that we harness. We can't sit at our tables. We cannot have conversations where we complain that our voices are not heard if we don't access and use the tools that enable our voices to be heard. We cannot be upset, we cannot be despondent, we cannot be um, disappointed that we haven't been able to articulate our message appropriately and effectively on the college campus and in the news media if we're not availing ourselves to all of the resources and abilities that are out there for us to articulate our messages to let the media, to let the campus students, to let everybody else know what we know in real time. If we're not doing that, we're not succeeding, and, and, and ultimately we have to be, uh, to a great degree, disappointed, pardon me, with ourselves. So that's the second thing that, uh, that I think that we need to know. We, we hear Israel was out in front of the story um, with the three boys, certainly, uh, with Gaza in the beginning, and, and somehow we, we lost that momentum, and we wound up in a classic he said, she said. And that's almost because when you look at the pundits arguing on behalf of uh, that which is evil, Hamas, uh, they, they argue under, under very proper-sounding names, uh, very gentlemanly, very uh, organization, very international-sounding names. And they do it from so many different angles and so many different atmospheres and so many different media that, that we keep stripe, striking back in the media or two that we're comfortable with we're not as comprehensive, and we need to figure out how to do that with a comprehensive strategy. And I thought Israel did a better job, but still not a complete job. And this is where I think all of the listeners here have the ability to expand our networks, have the ability to articulate clearly. I think one of the, one of the best videos going around 
uh, in response to the BDS mis- uh, uh, movement, the boycott, divest uh, movement by the anti-Israel uh, people that are out there, um, is uh, is one of the videos that goes out there uh, recommending all of the various different products that people who truly believe in the BDS movement should actually no longer participate in. Uh, various different technologies uh, in the medical world, in the connectivity world, in the food and beverage world, etc., etc., etc. And that ad, that media, did two things. It really said, come on, guys, call a spade a spade if you pride yourself on being intellectually honest. So be fully intellectually honest um, and put them on the defensive. But the second thing that it does is it galvanizes again that six-day war feeling that everybody deserves to have. It doesn't matter how committed or how not committed you are. You deserve to have it. You deserve to have that sense of support, that sense of uh, feeling that, that, that what which is right is, is, is ultimately and truly right. And that's really important. And, and watching the accomplishments of this tiny little land Israel um, that's been fighting essentially defensive war since its creation, that so much of its budget goes into defense, not into necessarily education and all the other things, but nonetheless is able to accomplish all of these things. That Again, that is our generation six-day war moment. And I think it behooves us to make sure that everybody, everywhere, acknowledges and knows that. So I think that's a, that's a pretty important component. Um, and I wanted to advocate for that for all of us. If we're not following key people on Twitter and retweeting, if we are not building up our followers, if we're not posting on our Facebooks, if we're not doing those things, it's very difficult to sit and to complain. It really is. And so I, I would encourage many of us at, who are out there who have complained before, which I understand, uh, to be able to pick up and do something about it. And I think that we do have the ability to go ahead and to do something about it. And I think that we should be doing something about it. I, I imagine I've now made that point uh, fairly clearly, if not a little bit uh, erring on the side of redundancy. So I think that's, uh, that's an important uh, component as well. So I would, I would strongly, uh, obviously, encourage that. When, when we look at when we look at Israel, um, when we look at Israel, I think one of the things that has come out in the very positive market today, and I, I don't know who saw some of these stories because my eyes, like many of yours, I'm sure went almost all the foreign policy stories, went to follow day by day, if not hour by hour, what's, what's been going on and what's materializing. But on the other end of the spectrum, there's been these these concepts on how uh, pizza delivery places are going to have a pizza delivered to your house in in ten ten minutes. Uh, Amazon is is potentially committing, I think, within the next decade to be able to have whatever it is delivered to your house within five hours uh, in terms of delivery. And much of this is predicated on the drones that uh, that Israel has created, uh, which is quite interesting to me. It's uh, it's, again, taking technology that was built out of necessity and being able to turn that technology into uh, things that have commercial application uh, the world over. Uh, we know that the World Cup this year in Brazil uh, was made safe and secure, uh, not fully, but certainly in no small part, to the security drones that were designed provided and exported by Israel to Brazil. Now, hypocrisy doesn't necessarily end there, 
because it was the Brazilians who I believe were some of the first to withdraw their diplomats from Israel um, at the beginning of the uh, most recent operation. Uh, however, uh, that did not stop them from continuing to use uh, the drones created in Israel uh, for safety and security and crime fighting in Brazil. Uh, so just as when we watch and we listen carefully to some uh, politicians on the uh, Gaza uh, Hamas side speak one way in English and another way in Arabic, I think it's important to see the way countries perform uh, what they do with their mouth and what they do with their wallet are oftentimes two very different things. I'm not here to tell you or opine on which speaks more accurately and truly towards the uh, real feelings of the country, but I think it is something important to note. And, uh, and that technology provided a major, major role in the safety and security of what's probably the largest world event uh, that happens every four years. Um, if not larger than the Olympics, I believe probably as large. Um, and I think that's an important component that once again the world turned uh, to Israel. Just as an aside, as we were speaking about the Iron Dome just a couple moments ago, it also turned out in fairly large conversation that South Korea is now anxiously trying to get their hands on Iron Dome um, for their positioning next to obviously North Korea, uh, the value of that technology. And really when you look at yeah, I think now we'll take one small break and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll segue with a fairly interesting aside. I want to remind all of our audience that you're listening to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am your host, Arya Lightstone. You can listen to us on jmntheam.org or nachumsiegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our friends at Adorama Camera, more than just a camera store. Please check them out online at adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. Uh, Special note, again, if you haven't downloaded our app, the Nachum Siegel app, go to the uh, App Store on your iPhone or Apple device or Google Play on any of your Android devices. Take that app. I think in this third season now of this new Nachum Siegel network, you're really going to like what the app does. It'll allow us to interact in different ways, to be a little bit more up-to-date with some of the current programming that's going on and to know about the programming that's going to be happening Right around the corner, it's a great app. It lives on my phone. Uh, it lives on my iPad. It should live on your phone and your iPad as well. Um, so as an interesting aside, uh, when I was doing one of our education technology uh, products, we were actually approached uh, by somebody in the Samsung company. And they didn't approach us on behalf of Samsung, just approached us as a, as a uh, leader in the secular world in South Korea. Uh, encouraging us to produce and provide Talmud courses for the South Korean audience. Uh, they are moved by the uh, advances and successes of Startup Nation of Israel and feel in a strong degree that that comes from the Talmudic logic uh, that's uh, derived from studying the Talmud. I wasn't going to argue with them, yes, yes, no, no, but I, I would say that if you were to look at two countries that that have some fairly uh, strong similarities. Um, a very challenging neighborhood, a very difficult border, uh, somebody perhaps, uh, or not perhaps, is probably too kind of a word, uh, who is vowed for your actual destruction, um, and your need to be able to figure out 
because of the size of your country, how to make a significant part of your economy via exports, uh, as opposed to just selling internally within your country, I believe that South Korea and Israel have a very significant amount to learn. A second piece, and again, this is not a political show, but I think a second piece that I think is incredibly valuable that comes very much from a similar situation of South Korea to Israel is, I believe, the largest pro-Israel demonstration this summer occurred not in the USA and not in Canada uh, and not in the UK, certainly, and certainly not in France, but occurred in India. I believe the largest pro-Israel demonstration outside of Israel this summer occurred in India. And those not following this closely enough would find that there is a natural alliance in between Israel and India for numerous different geopolitical reasons that, that will allow maybe Michael Fragan on Spin Talk or others uh, uh, who can opine upon this in, in a more intelligent fashion than me. But I, I wanted to bring this up on Tech Talk because one of the components that have, have, have uh, strengthened the relationship with India and Israel in the last five years has been almost 50 years worth of diplomacy in the last five years in between Israel and India have been almost exclusively based upon economic benefit in between the two countries, where India looks with being one of the largest countries in the entire world, looks at a strategic relationship with Israel, one of the smallest countries in the entire world, as incredibly valuable. And, and, and that, again, speaks volumes, volumes. I mean, it's screaming from the rooftops about the value of Israel's economy um, without most of these natural resources, which obviously they've been blessed to find some more recently, but the, 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 the intellectual and, and technological exports that they are able to perform uh, have enabled India really to court Israel as an international partner and not vice versa. And, and in the history of the world, that's a very, very interesting dynamic. And I think it's one that, that I think is, enables us to hearken back to, I know we had this conversation when WhatsApp sold for billions of dollars and, and, and we had people on our show trying to explain the valuation and, and, and nobody could. Um, but it's continued to raise money, uh, at even larger valuations than it was originally bought at. And, uh, and I think one of the things that's become very, very clear and perhaps no more clear than with understanding the diplomatic relationship between India and Israel is that the world of technology is not incremental, it's exponential. And, and that's an important thing that we're going to try to focus on over the course of this year's shows. The value of technology is not incremental, it is exponential. And that's one of the reasons on a personal level I've been such a proponent of introducing technology into our schools on the secular side and on the Judaic side because the value add, the headache that's involved is significant, but the value add is not incremental, it is exponential for the student, for the teacher, for the school, for the community. It is not incremental, it's exponential. We see that with Israel and India. We see that with Startup Nation. We see how that works. It's not incremental, it's exponential. However, we also see that that's also our obligation. When there, there are phenomenal things. If you're on Twitter, I strongly recommend 
uh, hunt around on Google or perhaps I'll post on my, on my Twitter. I'll, I'll send a link to it a little bit later this week. Uh, I'm at Lightstone A. Follow me at Lightstone A. And if you tweet, if you're on Facebook, something interesting to see, especially when we're, we're talking about a public relations war as we had this summer, see how influential you are. See how influential your tweets are, which tweets, uh, have the most stickiness to them, what posts have the most relevance to them. And if you have an interest in being part of getting the right message out, we'll have a guest on in a couple weeks. That's what we're going to do. We're going to have a guest on in a couple weeks, and maybe we'll be able to spend a half an hour segment talking about improving an individual's stickiness on social media. How do we improve our influence level? Because I've been seeing a lot of the statistics that have come out following myself and following others in terms of seeing what really takes off, um, I think it would be valuable not only just to learn about the metrics that are involved, but let's bring in an actual expert who can uh, who can spend some time. And I'll make sure to PR that show in advance because I'm sure a lot of people will have an interest in tuning in uh, to see how to make themselves uh, more influential uh, in the world of social media. We, we talk about you have to be more influential, you should be more influential, you should be more involved, etc., and, and frankly, it's probably a fair comment by you guys saying, uh, my dear friends, the audience, by saying, stop telling me to do it. Maybe let's work with each other and figure out how to do it effectively. It happens to be as a uh, uh, some very ridiculous uh, self-promotion uh, we have here on our show, here on our network. Miriam Wallach is a, is a uh, uh, guru. Uh, in the world of social uh, media network and influencing, and, and uh, maybe we'll get her on the show uh, to be able to explain to us how to uh, how to uh, enhance all of our own social networks. Um, so I think that's important as well. Um, the second component that uh, that uh, I wanted to really mention is that you know there have been uh, some interesting developments as the economy continues to uh, move along at interesting paces, uh, as it continues to move along at an interesting pace, there have continued to be some successful exits uh, for some of our Israel companies. I know that John Medved from Our Crowd was one of our first guests. Uh, he spoke uh, at length about the company from Israel that enables paraplegics to walk again. And I believe that he tweeted out just this past Thursday that that company is planning its IPO. That's exciting. It's less than 10 months ago. He was on our show telling us about the company and the advances that they've done. And again, I think this is where we get to the concept of uh, incremental versus exponential. So many of these technologies, so many of these advancements spend a lot of time in the ideation phase spend a little bit more time trying to get that little bit of traction. But once that piece goes, it takes off and it takes off like wildfire. And it's incredibly difficult to keep up with uh, the advancements and the, and the technology and, and the direction that they go uh, when, they, when they do take off so rapidly. So I think that's an important thing uh, to keep in mind and to be able to follow and, and to keep our eyes on as well. I think there's obviously... Uh, uh, value to that, and kudos to, to John Medved and, and our friends at Our Crowd. Uh, hopefully, they'll continue to have companies uh, that will uh, come from Israel and, and, and 
for the social good, which this company is fairly obvious, and it's it's uh, very emotional to watch their YouTube videos, uh, but even for regular companies that are going to go out there and to be successful and to make some money, uh, that obviously is uh, is pretty impressive and and pretty exciting as well. So I would uh, encourage everybody uh, to to keep an eye on our crowd. If you don't follow John Medved on Twitter, you should follow John Medved on Twitter. I think that he's one of the best. Um, uh, Twitter uh, characters out there, especially when we want to talk about the things that this show matters on on Tech Talk, the synergy in between Israel technology, entrepreneurship, and uh, and ultimately the economy. So I think that has a lot of value with it as well. Um, the second piece that I wanted to uh, speak about, and uh, maybe to bring the show full circle in terms of that, is is the role that social media plays in what I'll call responsible and on the opposite side of that irresponsible journalism. Um, there was this uh, articles last week that were bring, printed in English media, English media in Israel, uh, Jewish media here in, um, uh, in America. Uh, but didn't get a lot of coverage in mainstream media in Israel. And there's a major question in terms of why that would be the case. And, uh, and, uh, the, this yeshiva student Aaron Sofer, Aaron Sofer, who, uh, passed away tragically last week, um, they were speaking about, um, in much of the media in terms of why there hadn't been buzz. Uh, about him missing and, and, and galvanizing all the searchers that could possibly be involved in and the positive attention that press can bring in these challenging, horrific, terrible situations uh, that occur, uh, such as when the three boys were missing within 12 hours. Uh, it felt like the entire world knew. And, uh, and that is the power of social media. Uh, and to a great degree, um, because social media either in the Haredi world or here specifically, didn't pick up on this. It did take time to get traction behind really looking in the volunteer world for, for Aaron Sofer, uh, as opposed to what happened with the three boys again at the beginning of the year. But you, you saw, I think, uh, I think two different spectrums, end of, ends of the spectrum that I think are important for us to, to know and to mention and to acknowledge before I, I shamelessly just push that we should all be on social media, we should all be using social media and it matters, etc. All of that's true, but but I want to provide a, a positive end of that and then I want to provide a, a, a cautionary tale. There There's a uh, Israeli army soldier, Gidon Shaviv, I'd like to get him on the show, uh, who live tweeted his role from Gaza. And he, I believe, is a member of the press when he's not in war as 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 a as a reserve so i think he was very well aware of what was appropriate to tweet and what was not appropriate to tweet when was appropriate to tweet and when not appropriate to tweet and and what a follow i mean i i i i've never spoken to the person a, a moment in my life but i feel like i'm part of his family i saw how he interacted with his family and others on social media and and i'm i'm really just in awe i i've been trying to get him as a guest uh, for our show sometime over the course of this this next season. Really, really just an impressive individual. And and he gave tremendous light 
uh, and encouragement to to supporters of his and of Israel. And, and I think he answered articulately and accurately um, valuable uh, pieces of information uh, to the people out there who who were rabidly against uh, that which he and the state of Israel were doing, and 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 he was able to answer them. Uh, appropriately and, and well, whether they listen or not, that's a separate story. Most of these things aren't actual conversations. They're shouting matches. Uh, but he was, he was a true ambassador of, of much of what we wanted to have uh, articulated clearly. That was one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectru- spectrum is tragically when, when uh, casualties began to come in uh, of Israeli soldiers in Gaza, um, there were family members who informed via WhatsApp and Twitter and not in the appropriate way being informed by the army. And uh, I think that when we have times of – and now's the time to speak about it, not during the times of national crisis, uh, international crisis and confusion and everything else like that. There, there needs to be a sense of sensibility. We cannot lose our touch with humanity to understand that publicizing names of – of, of, of dead soldiers or civilians or anybody without their families being informed in an appropriate way is beyond reprehensible. And, and, and while that moment of that information as it gets around, they just had this with this American uh, journalist who was beheaded in, uh, in, 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 by ISIS in, in Iraq. Um, not everything that's on the internet should be shared. It's, there, there has to be a moment where we can pause and think before we press send and say, even if this is information, is this information that should be shared in this method? Is this information that I should be sharing? Is this information that should additionally be – and people can justify to themselves in 12 different ways. If I click on it, the rest of the world's already seen it. What's it hurt if I see it? I, I, but is that really the respectful thing to do? If I press send, everybody else has already pressed send. You can Google it. You can find it. Nobody needs me to press send. But at least, okay, my friends will know that I'm in the know. But do you need to be the person who's in the know on those things? Let, that, I'd, I'd like to, to, just as we have uh, this guy, uh, Gidon Shaviv, who, who, was, who was phenomenal, outstanding from the front lines, being able to articulate via social media his point, First-hand view, etc., etc. Really excellent. There were other soldiers like that as well, but I, I, I enjoyed him the most. Um, you have on the opposite end of the spectrum that somebody out there thought this was a the video of this of this young man being beheaded or the names of these casualties being shared, and nobody pressed pause to say, should this be something that I'm circulating? That I'm part of this process? It's easy when you're caught up in the world wide web. And this vast sea or wave of social media to say, I can do it because everybody else is doing it also. I, I'd like to encourage us here, at least on the Nachum Siegel Network, here on Tech Talk, here at least R.E. Lightstone's opinion that, that we maintain our level of humanity, that we maintain our, uh, our, 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 our integrity, our sincerity, our civility, uh, doesn't get lost with the fact that everybody else is doing it in our rush to be first in terms of providing information uh, doesn't uh, uh, allow us to set aside our, our desire to be appropriate people. Um, I apologize. That was an unnecessary rant, but really has been something I've been wanting to communicate clearly and effectively because I think that 
that message does get lost, and it's it's a real shame uh, when that message gets lost. It sh- it should not get lost. Um, so I think that's something that's uh, that's important for us to acknowledge and to recognize and to realize. So uh, so I appreciate everybody uh, taking a moment to, to listen to that. I do want to remind uh, our audience that's out there that you're listening to Tech Talk, the first one of this brand new season on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am your host, Arye Lightstone. You can listen to us on jmintheam.org or nachumsiegel.com. We are proud to be sponsored by our good friends at Adorama Camera, more than just a camera store, perfect for your back-to-school needs, back-to-yeshiva, back-to-seminary, back-to-graduate school, middle school, high school, above. Go to Adorama.com or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. Really a great store, great help, great products, good prices. Make sure that you give them an opportunity uh, to win your business. Um, so this is that, that's really what the summer's been like. It's been uh, it's been it's been challenging. Certainly being being glued to the to the news uh, as it's been, and and the news not coming out positively, obviously in so many different ways. Um, so I'm, I'm I I really reach out to you with a with a full and a heavy heart at the beginning of this new season that, uh, that we should be blessed this new season, uh, we're granted only positive news, only great news in that future technology and innovation, uh, are able to come out of being able to build positive things, not merely out of self-defense and self-preservation. And, you know, <laughs> it came up just at, at, at our table conversation on Friday night that, uh, uh, my guess is the world of geology and the world of harvesting minerals from the ground are going to change fairly rapidly with Israel's new need to desperately be able to detect where there are underground tunnels. Um, we know that the that the brain trust in these military units, in these universities, uh, in these think tanks are going to be spending significant time, energy, uh, and, uh, and efforts in terms of being able to have locators for all of these various different tunnels. And and I'm already thinking ahead to what commercial uses this is going to have. We're, that I have full faith that, uh, that the innovators in the world, in Israel and beyond, are going to find ways that it's not appropriate and not allowed to have tunnels to go undetected under kindergartens and under homes and under synagogues. And there's going to be a resolution to that. And it's going to be a resolution vis-a-vis technology. 100% it has to be. Uh, but once that technology is being created, in what way, shape, or form can that be used to provide a greater good for the world wide over? Because that's really what Israel does. It preserves, it defends, it protects, it innovates, and figures out how to take that innovation and to extrapolate from there how to add greater good uh, to the rest of the world. And again... That, that is our six day moment. That is our ability to, to call upon the innovation and creativity of the world, uh, to apply really in that, uh, sincere and meaningful way. So I think that that has, uh, some serious value as well. Yeah, I think that has some very serious value as well. I would, uh, just sort of add as, as we send our kids, um, neighbors, nieces, nephews, whoever it is off to school this year, be it on the college campus, be it they're getting on their bus for the first time 
uh, in kindergarten or pre-1A or first grade or whatever else it would be and everybody in between. I really just want to make a, uh, maybe plea is too strong of a word, but I, I don't think it is. I really don't think it is. Going back to the theme that we've spoken about many times before last season, but we're going to focus on here this season, that technology has an advantage of being not incremental, but certainly exponential. We're doing a disservice to our students by not thinking that these technologies, these innovations, this level of entrepreneurship is not every much every bit as much within the reach of our students in America, in England, in South Africa, in Canada, in Mexico, wherever it is that you may be listening to this show outside of Israel. In Israel, they already know this is an essential component to their economy, to their future. I'm sitting here saying to us, talking here from New York City, but speaking to, to those of us who do not live in Israel, that, that it is the future economy for our students as well. Maybe for us. Maybe there are many of us listening to this show right now in the middle of the workday who are not at school, we're not educators, we're not students, uh, who are trying to figure out how to take that next rung in our career, or maybe to switch careers, what it's going to be. Uh, technology is going to play a role in that. And I'll remind everybody what was mentioned at my wife's graduation from her graduate school uh, for technology. And the person, I don't remember who it was, made a very clear statement and said, don't think that technology is going to replace teachers. But teachers who use technology will replace teachers who do not use technology. And I challenge anybody to come up with an industry where that is not the case. Where, where, where will we find in the next three to five years an industry where the people who are more proficient at technology will not be getting the promotions ahead of the people who are less proficient at technology? I cannot imagine a location where that would be the case. And if, in fact, that is the case, uh, wh- how could we possibly be missing? It's, it's, it's just got to be there. And so, therefore, part of that happens to be in whatever job you're in, it doesn't necessarily mean needing to, uh, to uh, um, uh, you know, uh, be a computer programmer, although I would encourage all of our students in school to learn how to program, and it doesn't mean needing to learn how to become an engineer, but I would encourage all of our students in schools to learn how to become an engineer. All of those are true, but for those of us who are out there, if you don't have a Twitter account at the very least, um, or you don't know basic things about programming or different technologies and apps that can make you more effective – I think you're missing out, frankly. I, I, I really, really do. And I think that uh, that you should have an opportunity to be able to go ahead and to do that. Why shouldn't you be the most qualified person in your job when the next promotion or opportunity uh, comes up? Why shouldn't that ulti- ultimately be you? Um, so I would encourage uh, you to be able to look at that uh, as well in that direction. Um, really want to wrap up the show just with a brief synopsis. We had the chance... Uh, early on on this show, I wanted to really introduce myself to you as we begin uh, this new season. Uh, my background coming from Denver, my desire for entrepreneurship, uh, my Bubby who bought me uh, stocks for me, with me the first time when I was nine years old, my uh, introduction to the importance of integrity, sincerity, and honesty uh, when working for my mentor in Denver in real estate, having an opportunity to be brought up in, in a house where if things didn't get done, uh, my parents rolled up their sleeves for the community and got it done. Um, uh, sort of walking into smicha and really intending to go back to business, but but 
marrying uh, a wonderful woman who said, let's go out there and, and make a difference for a year and one year turning into 10 years and those 10 years turning into two great education technology opportunities, which ultimately led me to the Nachum Siegel Network and to the show of Tech Talk, first as a guest, uh, and then being asked to co-host and ultimately to host this show, Tech Talk, and uh, uh, my involvement in the two education technology companies, uh, my analogy of Startup Nation being our generation's uh, six-day war moment, certainly to the less affiliated, but also to those of us uh, who are affiliated, who who walk around uh, taking it for granted that we can walk around with our heads held high uh, with Jewish and Israel pride that people didn't have a chance to do in 1966 or 1955 and certainly not in 1945. And uh, just as the Six-Day War, Sandy Koufax, to a different degree, gave uh, Jewish people an opportunity to walk with their heads held high, uh, so too does Startup Nation. And, and we spoke briefly uh, about being able to counter BDS uh, by being active uh, on our own social media. Uh, the video that was going around virally saying, if you want to boycott, knock yourself out, good luck getting by with that, you know, an iPhone or a droid or, you know, most of the medicines that you might take if you have any ailments whatsoever. Um, and, uh, you know, having an opportunity to, to go ahead and to look at all of those uh, things that are out there and have an opportunity to contribute in that way. We saw... Uh, the unfortunate necessity of Israel using Iron Dome, South Korea's interest in looking to harness and to use Iron Dome, India's uh, new uh, pivot towards courting Israel as a diplomatic friend. And that's obviously not based upon any similarities in religion or population or geography size, but really in terms of the fact that Israel's primary export intellect and technology are exponential factors, not incremental factors. And that's where we wanted to leave off as we go to our school year this year, whether we're in school or it's just an opportunity to renew our own personal learning without any formal uh, component to it, that we all focus on where technology will make an exponential difference in our lives. Uh, because if it's doing such a difference the rest of the world over, why should we be missing out on this wave? It's one component to listen to our show, and we're very grateful. And thank you for doing that. But it's another thing to go ahead and take that technology and put it into play. Please tweet at me, at Lightstone A. Tell me something new that you did this week involved with technology. Uh, reach out to me. Tell me a topic that you'd like us to cover during the season. Download our app on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, and thank you again for listening to our show uh, this week. Uh, you've been listening to Tech Talk on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Arya Lightstone. Had a great opportunity today to really introduce myself to you. I'm looking forward to hearing your feedback and you further introducing yourself to me. You can listen to us on jmintheam.org or nachumsiegel.com. As always, we are proud to be sponsored by our good friends at Adorama Camera, more than just a camera store. Please check them out online at adorama.com. Or visit them in person at 42 West 18th Street. Until next week, have an outstanding week. Thank you so much. Be well.